Welcome to Intuitive Bites Podcast. I'm your host, Kirsten Ackerman, the Intuitive RD. I'm a non-diet registered dietitian and intuitive eating coach. My mission is to help women recover from diet culture and heal their relationship to food and body. Follow along as I speak with leading professionals in the field and explore concepts of intuitive eating, health at every size, and body liberation. This episode of Intuitive Bites podcast is brought to you by my online intuitive eating courses. Take your food and body healing journey to the next level with these self-paced online courses. If you're brand new to this topic, check out my Introduction to Intuitive Eating course. If you're looking for something more comprehensive that talks about body image healing, health at every size, and intuitive eating, check about my Food Freedom 101 course. And if you're a professional in this space looking to learn more about how to do this work with your clients, but also how to do this work for yourself, check out my anti-diet approach course for professionals. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Intuitive Bites. Hey guys, welcome to episode 87 of Intuitive Bites. Today I'm chatting with Kara Corinne Cefeli, who you may know from Instagram as at Kara's Kitchen, and we're talking all about the different types of restriction that affect your relationship to food. I can't tell you how many times I have clients that come to me and they're like, Kirsten, I'm not restricting at all, and yet I am overeating and binging and feeling crazy around food. And this confusion is really because people often stop at their understanding of restriction at physical restriction, right? But there are so many different types of restriction that can affect your relationship to food and ultimately your behavior around food. And until all of these are addressed, you're going to still find yourself in that overeating crazy mode. So this episode is going to be perfect if you, uh, yeah, if you're still struggling and feeling stuck with moving forward and feeling more peaceful around food. Um, Before we dive into this conversation on restriction, I wanted to share with you guys that I have a free Introduction to Intuitive Eating Masterclass happening next week on October 21st. Um, So it's Thursday next week if you're listening to this live. Um, And the recording will be sent out afterwards. If you can't make it to the live event, you can still go ahead and register and You'll get all all the the juicy goodness right to your inbox. Um, The way to register for this is to go over to my Instagram at the intuitive underscore RD and click the link in my bio and you'll see a link for a free masterclass and you can just get registered right there. If you are in a place of feeling exhausted with being on the diet roller coaster and just really feeling like you need some support on your journey, you don't want to miss this masterclass. Um, It's going to really do a a deep dive, as deep a dive as we can do in one hour um, on getting you started on your healing journey. All right, with that said, let's go ahead and listen into my conversation with Kara. All right, welcome, Kara. I am excited to have you here today. Please introduce yourself and, you know, a little bit about what you do. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me uh, on the podcast today. I'm super excited about it. Mm-hmm. My name is Kara Corinne Safeli and I am a certified health coach, but I feel like sometimes health coach can be misleading to some degree. I primarily help women who are struggling with their relationship with food and their body image, find 
sanity and freedom and peace in those those areas. And I've been doing this now for almost five years. Awesome. So cool. Tell me a little bit about like what led you to helping people in this way. Mm. So I have my own personal history and struggles. I started out dieting very innocently, very casually in my early teens that eventually snowballed into a full-blown eating disorder of restriction, binge eating, purging. It got incredibly overwhelming. I really struggled with my self-esteem, my body image, how I felt about myself. I have a history of trauma. And so I know that binge eating for me was also a way that I suppressed, numbed, avoid, avoided and coped with life and what I was dealing with. Eventually it got to a point where I was like, I can't, I can't like enough is enough. I, I can't keep doing this. And I found recovery in sort of like a non-traditional way. I found personal development work. I found life coaching. And without ever having heard of intuitive eating, I sort of on my own learned how to become an intuitive eater and discovered the ways in which my restriction and my thought processes around food were impacting my relationship with food. And that was something that I kind of learned through the other thought work that I was doing in like the personal development space. So I feel like so much of what I do is based on my own lived experience. Like I I often say I teach from experience, not textbook, but that doesn't mean I haven't deeply educated myself on like intuitive eating and health at every size and an anti-diet approach that has come um, later in life after my own recovery process. So that also, you know, deeply influences the, the work that I do and the perspective that I take. Um, and when I got my health coaching certification, everybody was coming to me for like real food and weight loss. And what I realized was every single client that I had, and like these clients weren't just like young girls in their twenties and thirties. I had clients who were like also men in their forties and fifties. And what I realized is they all sounded like me when I had my eating disorder, meaning the way they talked about food, the way they thought about themselves, their good food, bad food, all or nothing language, their obsession with the scale and the weight. And it was really peculiar to me to experience people who I hadn't traditionally seen as people that would struggle with food and body image issues. And so that's really where I was like, okay, we're not doing real food and weight loss. We're helping people heal the relationship with food because every single one of you actually has disordered eating and that's what you need help with. So I very quickly pivoted into what I'm doing now. That is so interesting. That's really cool. I always think it's, it's cool to hear people's journey because there are a lot of commonalities, especially for when I talk to other dietitians, like, you know, similar paths, although some of those are super unique too, but I, I don't know. I think it's cool how people come from so many different angles, but also there's this commonality, I think in like literally almost everyone I've spoken to in this work that you've had the experience yourself, right? For such countercultural work, like you really need to have your own experience with it and likely you're going to be super passionate about it. And that, that's what leads us to go down this path of helping others. So thank you for sharing a little bit about that. Um, so what I want to talk more with you today about is this idea of restriction, this word gets thrown around all the time in this space for good reason, because it's super important and, and affects everything. Yeah. Um, but let's like start at the basics. Like what, how do you define restriction? How do you, how would you say it affects folks relationship to food? Mm. 
I would describe restriction as being any type of physical attempt at controlling your behaviors. I see it as any type of restrictive thought. So a restrictive thought could be, I can't eat this. I shouldn't eat this. Mm -hmm. I also see restrictive thoughts as I'm so bad for eating that I should try not to do it again. And I also see restriction uh, in terms of how we meet and manage our emotional world. So All of those restriction, I think is super nuanced and isn't just, I'm trying not to eat bread, which is often what people think about, but it's, it's, it's a much larger picture than that. I literally just had a conversation with a new potential client this morning and she was like, I don't know if intuitive eating is for me. Like, I feel like everyone who, you know, uses intuitive eating, like is restricting and I'm not restricting, but I'm feeling chaotic around food. Like my problem is excess. So I'm curious for you to just like speak your thoughts on that a little bit. Mm. So I think that this is the piece where most people get really stuck is because they don't understand that restriction is, is largely mental and emotional. And it's based on also meeting your nutritional needs and your need for pleasure and satisfaction. And if you're mentally and emotionally not okay with what you're putting in your mouth, meaning you are judging and shaming yourself for what you're putting in your mouth, you're not ever going to reach a level of satisfaction, which is why you're probably going to eat to the point of being stuffed or you're going to eat the entire tray of cookies. And so the thing that I think most people don't know on the outset, and it takes getting into the work a little bit deeper to understand is that your, your mindset and your emotional attachment to your idea of what is an appropriate way to eat and what is a not appropriate way to eat is just as influential in your binge eating as your physical restriction, the actual attempts to like limit the amounts of food or the types of foods that you're eating. Amazing. I love how you articulate these things. Cause I think that, you know, that really just describes it perfectly. Um, So let's dive into like different ways that restriction shows up. So walk us through some of the different types of restriction um, that you see coming up with the clients you work with. Yeah. So I love to categorize them. I feel like this, just my type A brain likes this. And I also (laughs) feel like it helps people identify them. And I also find that when you put the types of restriction in categories, it's helpful to be able to pick out like, okay, what type of restriction was playing a role or, or, or a variety of types. So the first one, the most obvious one is physical restriction. This is where you're limiting the types of foods or the quantity of foods that you're eating. You could be trying to reduce your calories or reduce your carbs. You could be trying not to eat bread or not eating sugar. That's the most obvious form and the one that most people are aware of and the one that people are like, I need more willpower and control for. (laughs) The next type of restriction is what I call future perceived deprivation. This is where you are planning to restrict food in the future in an attempt to like be good or to make up for things in the future. So this is diet starts Monday, diet starts tomorrow, diet starts after vacation, diet starts January 1st. So whenever we are, whenever we are planning to restrict food in the future and attempt to make up for whatever we're eating now, the subliminal implication of that, like what it actually implies is better get it all in now. So you trigger yourself to overeat or binge eat in the moment because you're planning on having food be scarce in the future. Right. 
The next type of restriction I call vitamin P restriction. P stands for pleasure. So this is where you're physically allowing yourself to eat the food, but mentally and emotionally, you're not okay with it. You're allowing yourself to eat the cake or the chips or the ice cream or the fast food or whatever you got on Grubhub. But the entire time you're eating it, you're telling yourself it's bad. It's wrong. You shouldn't be eating it. You're worried about what it's going to do to your body. That could also be a conversation that you have with yourself after eating. Mm -hmm. And so what ends up happening, happening is you don't feel pleasure and satisfaction. So you just end up binge eating and like eating the entire cake, for example. The other type of restriction that I, I see a lot is emotional restriction. Often this it could be seen as something that influences BED or binge eating disorder, but this is where you're dealing with unhealed emotional wounds and pain. Maybe it's inner child wounds. You have unhealed trauma. Maybe you have a really dysregulated nervous system and you don't know how to deal with uncomfortable feelings like sadness, grief, shame whatever it is. And so you turn to food to suppress, numb, avoid, and cope. I also think that this could be seen as not having joy or pleasure or purpose or satisfaction in your life. And so food could be filling a void in that way. Mm -hmm. And then the other two types that I, I have seen and that I know play an impact are as if we're having limited access to food or inconsistent access to food because of poverty, you live in a food desert, you have, you're socially economically disadvantaged. So having limited or infrequent access to food could trigger binge eating when food becomes available. And then one that I think is also worth mentioning, it's a little less common, but it's particular to those who have legitimate food allergies, like they're celiac. So they have to remove gluten. Mm -hmm. When we remove gluten, that also means we're typically removing a lot of carbs. And so we might not meeting our nutritional needs or our need for satisfaction through starchy carbs. And that might not be on purpose. You might be like, I can't eat gluten. And you just haven't realized how important it is to find substitutions in that area so that you're meeting your need for starchy carbs and that you're feeling more satisfied. So that's also a category to look for. And often that can be unintentional. It's not necessarily like intentional. Yeah, I feel like that's important too, just like the unintentional restriction piece too, because I see this a lot with people who are just really disconnected from their cues and like they're not eating breakfast or not eating in the morning and not eating till later in the day because, or it could even be like really high stress, right? You're dealing with a lot of stress at work or whatever else is going on and you're just not hungry and then it catches up with you and you're really chaotic. But like that whole thing is at this point, super unintentional. Like it's just like the way your pattern of eating looks because of all the stuff that's affecting it. So there's definitely, I think a lot of people that would resonate with the unintentionally not getting your needs met and then it's showing up in yeah, chaos. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I think setting the intention to eat adequately and consistently is so helpful in creating consistency in our eating patterns, as opposed to having these periods of like, you know, very little eating followed by, you know, out of control, chaotic, you know, and I feel like for so many people, their, their day of eating is shaped like a cone. Mm. So you wake up and it's like very little food. And it's like, you know, after lunch, things start to change. And before you know, at the end of your day is where like all of your food in intake is. And so shifting from a cone to having your day more look more like, like a pipe 
where it's like you're eating adequately for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you're going to feel more calm. You're going to have more stable energy. You're less likely to, you know, fall face first in brownie batter. Like it's just, you know, I love that. And what it's making me think of is like, I often hear clients who are, have that, what did you say? A cone. A cone. Yeah. Yeah. Who have like a cone situation. They're like, yeah, my problem is that I'm like eating so much food at night. If I only, I could like not keep the things in the house and like eat less at night. And that's making me think like, essentially they're trying to make this like super narrow pipe. And what we're saying is like, no, like we just need to like have more food earlier and like, it'll all, (laughs) it'll naturally, you know, work out. Not like we, we don't need to have like less food at night and then also not be eating all day, you know? Totally. Totally. (laughs) No. And I was one of those people. I was one of those people who would like have, you know, slight trigger warning here. Like I would have, you know, like a, a non fat sugar free vanilla latte and an apple for breakfast and then something small for lunch. And then I'd binge my face off at the evening. And I was so confused for so long about what was going on. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like what's wrong with me? Why am I, (laughs) why am I crazy around food like this? Mm -hmm. Um, I think, I think a lot of people will identify with that pattern. Um, So you, I would love to hear your advice for the person that's listening. That's like, yup, yup, check, check, check. Like I do all the forms of restriction or I identify with some of them, whatever. What do you, what would you, you know, recommend for that person to start getting out of this like crazy pattern of restriction? Yeah. Shift into a place of observation would be my first invitation is getting really curious, really allowing yourself to be a witness to how you're showing up around food, start being a witness to the thoughts that you're having that line up with the categories of restriction that I had shared earlier and start to take inventory and collect data and really see like, where am I being restrictive in the actual foods that I'm eating, my thoughts around food, my emotional attachment, like, oh, I'm so bad. Right. And then looking at, do I need to maybe address my inner world a little bit more and do some inner work? So I think the first place to start is to take inventory and collect data and potentially reach out for help because this can be really challenging to do on your own because diet culture is everywhere and restrictive messages are everywhere. And the thought patterns become so automatic, especially if we've been thinking them for a really long time. So sometimes we don't always necessarily realize them without the help of a a professional to, to help, but shifting into a place of being the witness Mm -hmm. and, and observing is I think the place to start. I love that. Yeah. Cause like you said, I mean, there are clearly a lot of forms of restriction, all the things I work with so many clients who, you know, have been trying to do it on their own for a while. And they're like, Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize I was still doing this restrictive thing. So super, super hard. But I love your recommendation of like observing because I think the tendency for somebody who's coming from restrictive disorder and patterns around food is to like fix it all and like do it all perfectly. But like, slow down, take a breath. Let's like take stock, (laughs) even though that's going to be really hard when your tendency is to like fix it all. Um, Kara, can you please share with everybody where they can find you, what you offer in terms of support, all of that good stuff? Mm -hmm. Yes, totally. So right now I'm on Instagram as Kara's as Kara's kitchen. So care with a C kitchen with a K I am in a process of rebranding and I'm going to just shift to using my name, but right now it's Kara's kitchen. 
Uh, my website is karaskitchen.net, but again, that's <laughs> going to be very quickly shifting to karacarincipelli.com by the 1st of 2022. That's the plan. Um, but Kara's Kitchen right now, I do have a podcast, Love Your Bod Pod, which you have been an amazing guest on, Kirsten. Did I get it right? Yes, Kirsten? Okay. <laughs> um, and I work with people one-on-one and I work with people in groups and I have a, a low cost monthly membership as, as well. And I do retreats and I do breath work. What? I just got certified this week. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so cool. You are, you're doing all the things you wear many hats. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's so cool, Kara. Um, perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and chatting. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. All right, guys, that is a wrap on episode 87. Don't forget to go follow Kara at Kara's Kitchen, or if you're listening to this a little bit in the future, at Kara Corinne Cefeli. Um, and don't forget to register for my free masterclass happening next week on Thursday, October 21st, if you're listening to this live. Um, it's all about introduction to intuitive eating content. Um, so you do not want to miss this if you are struggling and needing support on your intuitive eating journey. Again, the best way to register for that is to go over to my Instagram at the intuitive underscore RD and just click the link in my bio. It'll say free masterclass and you can go ahead and get registered that way. All right, guys, I hope you have a good rest of your week and I'll talk to you soon.